Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Welcome to the Cannamom Show. Are you interested in hearing inspiring cannabis stories told by real Cannamoms and caregivers who are breaking barriers and building businesses in the emerging cannabis industry? I'm Joyce Gerber, and normally, that's what you get today. But today, we're having another podcast takeover. <laughs> my friend, my friend Asia is going to be talking again about cannabis and climate connection. So, it's all yours, Asia. Thank you very much, Joyce. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me uh, take over again. I had a good time last time. It'll be great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. But yeah, this show is called The Cannabis and Climate Connection, and I'm your host, Asia Atwood. I'm an entre- entrepreneur. If I can say it correctly. It's a target bell, too. <laughs> right. Talk about it. You are about it. Yep, yep. Yeah, you are it. You are it. <laughs> I'll scratch that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the Cannabis and Climate Connection. I'm your host, Asia Atwood, entrepreneur, engineer, cannabis consumer, and advocate. I've spent over 15 years of my career evaluating the devastations caused by natural disasters. And it was back in 2013 when I began to learn about the cannabis plant and its capacity to heal, not just us, but the earth as well. This is a place where we highlight individuals, individuals who also share an affinity for the cannabis plant, the health of our planet, and the health of its inhabitants as we are all connected. And with that, I am excited Mm -hmm. to introduce our next guest, who's also referred to as the marijuana guru in Connecticut. Wow. (laughs) I love that title. Our next guest has taken the cannabis industry in her home state by force. As the market leader for Women Grow Connecticut, she is a pioneer in this industry and has created a beautiful marriage between her love of nursing and her passion for all things cannabis. As a registered nurse, she has knowledge and expertise in health and wellness and her insatiable desire to understand the cannabis plant from each and every trichome to the DNA profile of cannabinoids affords her a unique perspective in this industry. She's also the creator and CEO of Canna Health the first and only Connecticut cannabis business owned by an African-American. And with that, please welcome Miss Kebra Smith-Bolden to our show. Welcome! Yeah. Yeah. Welcome! Hey, Kebra. Kebra, th- we did meet. I met you at an event in Boston. 
Okay. I'm like, oh, that's so familiar. Okay, sorry. I it was probably during Boston Cannabis Week. Um, yeah, okay, Boston Cannabis yeah, Week. Yeah, because uh, Keeper and I were okay. on the panel together on that. Yeah, yeah, and I was oh, like, yeah. I wasn't in the mood to be there, and I was wearing a trench coat. I probably oh, wasn't yeah, very memorable. Trench coat. <laughs> that was horrible. Anyways, we did meet. So. Yeah, we did. Welcome again. But yeah, well, welcome, well, nice Keeper. To meet you again. Yes. <laughs> now, Keeper, I know you're very busy. Um, when I first met or I think when we first met, you were just about to open your very first Canada Health location. Um, we met, I think, and had lunch together about a year ago from today. Not today, but close to this time last year. Yeah. I came out and saw your location, and I think you were just about to start opening your second one. But now you're on number six. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Nice. Uh-huh. Tell me about that. Um, so from the beginning, and I'm sure we're going to talk about the, the beginning, beginning, but from the beginning of Canna Health, when um, I was inspired to open it, open it, and and we we're a cannabis certifying center, so we basically help people get their medical cannabis cards in the state of Connecticut, which keeps people safe from criminalization from medicating with the plant. Right. <laughs> and so that was really important for me. But from the beginning, it was also important that I created opportunities for others. So I always had in my mind that Canna Health would be similar to a franchise, you know, people would be able to buy into, um, and if they agreed with our mission and our model, they would buy into it and be able to own and operate their own kind of health. So franchising was a little more daunting than um, I was expecting. So I um, decided to go the licensing route. So basically, um, I started a licensing program where people can utilize my brand, my colors, my paperwork, you know, my model, my um, standard operations, and open up their own kind of health. Nice. And so when we had lunch in Hartford, we met at my second location at the time. So um, New Haven was the first kind of health to open. In July of 2017, okay, and then we opened the second Canna Health in Hartford, Connecticut, um, in November of 2018, and then after that, we implemented the licensing program. So in May of 2019, um, my first licensee, which is actually a group um, of, of owners, so it's Better Grove LLC. <laughs> Um, they opened in Milford, Connecticut in May. And then at the end of June, early July, my second licensee um, got started with us. And that was a Danbury location, Danbury, Connecticut. Nice. And then like a couple, maybe like a week later. Um, oh, our fourth <laughs> wow. <location. laughs> yeah. Um, You're very busy. We, uh, <laughs> yes, we went to agreement with um, Middletown, Connecticut. Um and so that's my uh, wow. fifth licensee, and my final licensee um, is in. Uh, her name is Tara Sue. She's from Mass, mm. and she is the owner of Canna Health Stanford, Connecticut. Nice, nice. And I so know that's how we grew from one to six. In Fantastic. Less than a year. So you found a lot of people out there in that area who are very interested in this. Obviously, this was a, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean. The <laughs> The major I have um, the licensees are all different. Um, so like one is a nurse, one is actually a, a beautician um, who just really has a passion for cannabis and educating the community and providing access. Um, another sorry, another person <laughs> okay. is 
um, a um, you know, I just have a variety. Of and how do they how do, how do how do they find you? How do they find me? Yeah. So um, plug that I website. Been yeah. Doing a lot of work. I'm on it right Amy's now. Amy's looking at it. She's showing me all the pictures. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's a nice site. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, visit so com. I've been making my presence as known as I possibly could. Right. So I've been, you know, speaking around the state. Speaking around, I'm sorry, the tri-state, we're going to finish that in, in that. Speaking around the tri-state area, um, make, and, and, and so people got wind of what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. That's excellent. Now, with all the stuff that you're doing, are you like how are you still involved with Women Grow? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that was that Women Grow was my introduction to the cannabis space, and I think mm-hmm. it was the same for you, Kibra. So, um, you know, what's going on with with that? As it was mine. Nice. So um, I, you know, my unfortunately, I, I guess sent you a bio that hadn't been updated, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I apologize. But I am no longer. Um, officially in the capacity of um, Women Grow Market Leader. I work now, I still work with Women Grow though, and am very affiliated with uh, the work with the organization and have been working with them on more of a national level okay. and um, in wow. regards to federal laws and legislation and helping them um, support their markets with uh, policy creation in their individual states, especially states that are looking to currently um, go from uh, prohibition to legalization. Can you, can you, I, for our listeners who don't know who Women Grow are, um, could you just kind of oh, go over a quick history? I just, there's a lot of organizations out there now, but this is a good one to talk about, especially in, in our context of women businesses. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So Women Grow is the national, uh, is a, the, one of the largest national uh, cannabis organizations um, women is in its name, so the goal of the organization is to get more women involved in the cannabis um, industry as entrepreneurs, but it is open to any and everyone. They do this by having monthly, what are we, their, their mo- monthly events okay. <laughs> where yeah. information is shared, people are panel, you know, there are panels and and people get to ask questions, but most importantly, these events are positive for the networking experience. Um, I went to my first Women Grow meeting in Harlem, New York, and it was about in getting more women of color specifically involved in the cannabis industry. And when I went there, I really had no idea what I wanted to do in the industry. And by the time I left, I knew exactly what I wanted to do in the industry. <laughs> I was, you know, walking around the room, introducing them, in, introducing myself to everyone and saying, hi, my name's Kibra. I'm a registered nurse from Connecticut, and I want to own a dispensary or something, a growth facility that I wasn't sure. And every single person in that room said, you know, you should uh, consider doing something as a nurse in mm-hmm. cannabis. We need nurses. Like, this is medicine. And and I was like, you know, you're right. And so that's kind of where Canna Health started. So um, Women Grow is a, a very powerful organization and the ability to get people, like-minded people in the room and, you know, that networking experience definitely can help people develop their their um, maybe passion or their, even their ideas into a viable, sustainable business yeah. in this industry. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds awesome because I know – 
um, a lot of people are trying to find ways to get into the industry. So similar to, I think, a lot of people sitting at in, on this podcast, so everyone right here, at the mic here, right here, now, yep. <laughs> you know, you had a, a previous career doing something else, and then you use your experiences there to transition into the industry. Um, so that's exactly what you did. Well, one of the questions that I have is when you're going, because you're very active, you're out there in the community, you're talking to a lot of people. One of the questions I have is, um, how are people, uh, are people looking to get involved themselves, like your patients? Like even when a patient comes in, are they talking about how can they get involved in the industry? How excited are people out there to try to, you know, get their foot in the door? It's been interesting here in Connecticut, um, and I don't know, it doesn't seem to be the case in, in several other states that I've been Can you talk about uh, the lega- what's, the, what's the status of legality in Connecticut in case people listening don't know? Okay, so in Connecticut since 2012, we have had a medical cannabis program um, where as long as you have one of 33, I believe, qualifying conditions, um, you can be made eligible to receive your uh, medical cannabis card. You have to go see a physician or an APRN. Um, at CannaHealth, we primarily hire advanced practice registered nurses to do the certifications. Um, and we have a variety of um, ailments that are qualifying conditions. They range from cancer to MS to um, uh, Crohn's disease to Mm, PTSD is the one that the majority of the people who we see at Canna Health um, are diagnosed. So we do um, an assessment, PCL5, um, which is a nationally recognized uh, post-traumatic stress disorder assessment tool. And uh, we implement that. People are assessed. And then if they um, are assessed to have trauma, then they are diagnosed and then certified for cannabis. So that's what our current program is. We have um, currently 19 medical dispensaries that are licensed, but I believe only 15 or 16 of them are actually open and operating. Mm, And uh, we have four grow facilities. And that's the extent of our our industry here. We have um, certifiers like me, we have the four grow facilities, and we have the um, dispensaries. So whereas in other states, there are these micro businesses or you know these um ancillary businesses and services that are a part of the industry like delivery like security like um extract manufacturing extraction you know creating products um here it's not like that so the medical industry um the the people who are already um in the medical industry like the growth facilities and dispensaries um they basically run the entire show it's totally a monopolized situation here. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And does that kind of deter some of the people you think from wanting to be a part of the industry? As I was, you know, trying to get to before, I'm wondering if if people are still feeling as though it's not for them. And are we are we seeing people that are starting to open their eyes to see that there are there is some opportunity there? Huh. <laughs> it's interesting because you know, I definitely look at it from a dis- different lens. Yes, there are people all the time, at least a couple times daily, I get someone inboxing me or emailing me or texting me or calling me, asking me, you know, how they can get in into the industry. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think anybody's serious unless they're coming up to Hartford and working on legislation. Because, you know, the bottom line is you can't be in an industry that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And you can't... Um, 
you know, you won't be able to partake in elements of an industry that people haven't even thought of. So there, there are people who have these really great ideas, you know, like, um, again, delivery, let's just say. People are like, I want to, you know, I want to deliver to patients and make that. But that's not a part of our legislation. Mm, so in order so for that to be a, a, a viable career for you and a, and a business for you, then we have to have the legislation that reflects that. So, yes, I get a lot of interest, like, what do I do? What can I do? But I am not seeing the same amount of energy put, being put towards creating that industry. So going up to Hartford and um, demanding that legislators implement laws that are inclusive of all people. Because as of right now, you know, with the current industry, there are no people of color mm-hmm. who own any of those four grow facilities or those uh, 19 licensed dispensaries. Um, and again, it's so limited in what is, you know, available. So, yeah. yeah I hear you. So that's where, I mean, you know, yes, there are people who are interested, but interest with action, no. Mm. <laughs> Not right. you're, you're a pioneer. You're out there really, I mean, you're very brave. You're doing well, a, well you know, you, uh, but the legislation I know is a big issue. If you're living in an industry that's so uh, you're, limited. You're, you're limited and you're carefully walking a tightrope and you're trying to deconstruct it at the same time you know you're very brave good for you we need well, you thank you <laughs> you know and the thing about it is that it's not I don't I really I really don't feel necessarily brave or and I don't really feel pioneering I feel like <laughs> that's how pioneers feel that's that's what makes you a pioneer and brave that's the dude <laughs> oh well thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I but what it really was was I saw a need. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother had become had an aneurysm. I ended up medicating her with cannabis, seeing her health improve in a matter of weeks. Where most times, you know, I I was I've been a nurse forever, and I hadn't seen this type of improvement in someone with a prognosis like that ever in my career. And so I studied cannabis, and and so I wanted to be able to provide access to people from my community for plant-based medicine, which is not something that we talk about a lot in our community. People talk about weed now, but (laughs) they don't talk about it from a medicinal standpoint and really because they don't understand. So I felt it was my, my responsibility to share this information and to provide access in the ways in which I could. And then the other side of that was the other need I saw was some reparative, restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no way you could prohibit a plant that you knew harmed no one. <laughs> right. And now, right. you know, and, and based on race, racially motivated factors, and then now legalize and not have any means of rectifying all of the damage that was created. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to be a part of making, if nobody else is going to talk about it, I need to be the one talking about it here in Connecticut because it's just it can't it can't go down like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and thank you for for holding that that space. I think is yeah. important for other women of color, people of color to see, um, you know, people like us trying to make ways in the industry, especially not going down the typical path of just getting a cultivation license or a dispensary license, trying to figure out other ways to get involved because the system right. isn't really set up for us to thrive. 
um, currently. It's going to have to be, you know, unfortunately rearranged or dismantled yeah. <laughs> for it for oh, it to yeah. really include everybody. But when you talk about like, you know, fashion rebellious girls here. When you talk about, you know, how, you know, our community doesn't know about the medicinal benefits of the plant. Mm-hmm. And, and they talk about weed and now they're starting to learn about the medicinal benefits of the plant. I know for myself personally, once I got into learning about cannabis as a medicinal plant, it then opened up the door for all the other types of medicinal plants out there. Um, right. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. a there's a whole, I think, um, you know, cult, we've been kind of disconnected from our culture. And that's kind of where we started, especially as Africans, oh, yeah. you know, um, enslaved and brought to, to the to the continent. We had mm-hmm. that and we lost it. And now I think for us, cannabis is a way for us to kind of tap back into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and uh, then, and and what you just brought up, you know, like our communities specifically, um, and and uh, and in this regard, yes, black and brown people have suffered the most. But if you're poor, you were in these communities, you mm-hmm. know, and you suffered too. And so, our communities have been the ones that have, especially in the black community, dealt with post-slavery syndrome, post-traumatic urban trauma. You know, all of the things that have happened to our community and just have perpetuated themselves over and over again in our communities. And so we are, our communities are full of people who are trauma victims. They've been self-medicating and they don't even realize it. And so to be able to, you know, help people realize, like, you know, growing up in a domestic violence situation, growing up with a mother or father who was addicted to drugs, Growing up surrounded by violence, growing up seeing your friends and family die or go to prison, that's all trauma. And we've normalized it. It's just become a part of our lives, but it is not normal, and it's not a normal part of life. And no. people need people are trying to manage it, manage the symptoms that are created by these environments with cannabis without really understanding it. So, you know, it's really important that we help them understand because, yes, you can really be a person that um, benefits from cannabis, and but you just need to know how to medicate yourself appropriately. Like, you don't want to have something high, you know, uh, well, let's just keep it basic. You don't want to be consuming an indica during the day if you have to be productive at you know, work, maybe, you right. know, you might have to do a, a hybrid or a mix or, yeah. you know, find a way to deal with, let's say, your pain and anxiety at the same time. But, you're, you know, when you get it off the street, you don't know what you're getting. So to be able to encourage people to come into uh, the legal market, the medical market, um, have options as far as how they're medicating and why they shouldn't medicate with an indica, you know, when they have to be alert or why they should Very utilize useful. a sativa, you know, those are all important. Yeah. And I know there are more elements to it, of course, you know, different cannabinoids and different terpenes, but just for mm. conversation's sake, that's why I was keeping it. So <laughs> but, I know, yeah. it's such a powerful, it's such a powerful statement that this, it could help heal people. I always say this about cannabis. It does everything mm-hmm. from climate yes. change to yeah. cosmetics. It's just kind of this amazing product that should exist in our world. And that because you're dealing with people so traumatized and have been this has been so demonized it's such a hard belief to shift Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. so what do you like how do you approach this with people who are just absolutely believe you're crazy and this is it's gonna lead you know it's gonna lead to whatever horrible thing they think it's gonna lead to Mm -hmm. um you know i really haven't spent my time debating 
Smart woman. See? Yeah, because, you know, people are stuck on their beliefs and and they have a right to be. I know. You know, but if if there if people are constantly reducing the conversation to getting high, then I know you have no idea the the complicated nature of this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Like so like I said, there's medical there there's the medicinal side of things. There are there's the social justice side of things, you know, and at the end of the day, a lot of the people in our communities um, are using religion as a reason why, you know, they don't feel like cannabis should be legal. And they and they and they stand on these moral these morality issues. But is it moral to throw people in prison for a plant (laughs) that, you know, is more helpful than harmful? Was that moral? You know, was it moral to target certain people in certain communities? That's the part we have to change. Mm. So, yeah, like, if you that's... never want to get high a day in your life, sorry, you should. <laughs> I, 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 I was talking to a minister. Actually, I was talking, I was talking to this woman minister yesterday who goes into Christian communities to talk about this, which I find very interesting. Um, you know, she's this person of stature in her community who talks about cannabis in a grown-up way yes. like we do, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's helping people hear the message. So, yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. And and the and the part that is really important is even if you like I say even if you don't want to consume it even if you want to discourage your whole congregation for for from consuming it the bottom line is that the prohibition of cannabis was racially motivated and therefore should be torn down True. and we need yep. to start over again and we need to and we need to look at the way these systems have been put in place and so there's no way you can say morally that you know consuming cannabis is wrong but all these other elements aren't wrong and then when you really get educated and realize that all these things that you've been told for decades that was wrong about consuming cannabis are all lies and mm. untruths or half truths or you know whatever not truths but it, it's not moral it's biology that's what i keep saying exactly. and right. you know that because you're a nurse so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you talk about um you know you have to, it's, it's an educational thing right people don't know mm-hmm. most right. Most people may not take the onus to go out and learn, but for those people that are interested in learning, mm-hmm. um, they may feel like they're inundated with too much information. Where's the trusted mm-hmm. information? So, Kiber, can you give people like advice on, or either share your story on how you learned? What was your learning process like? What resources sure. did you kind of go to, to to help you to better understand the plant? Sure. So initially, again, my grandmother had become ill. I ended up. Um, medicating her at home because she came to live with me with cannabis and I saw this you know this total turnaround in her um, health status so I was like I need to study this plant so I googled weed schools probably that's probably what I googled at the time (laughs) (laughs) weed schools oh modern the modern world yeah near me weed schools near me and expect something to come up that's crazy Um, and it's just so funny because how language has, my language has changed, but at the time, you know, all I knew was, hey, this is me, let me find a school. You know, so I Googled it, I found the Northeast Institute of Cannabis in Natick, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. um, and so I drove myself up to Mass every weekend and took this 12-course, um, studying about cannabis and, and learned all those elements that I just spoke of. And so that was my initial 
introduction to cannabis from an educational standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I got connected from the school. The school actually uh, encouraged me to look into Women Grow. And so that that led me to that that element, which was entrepreneurship and, you know, in action and how to make that really work for me. And since then, like to, to maintain my knowledge and skills because it's ever changing. There's mm. something. So first of all, if you ever meet anybody who says they're an expert on cannabis, Run. they're a liar. <laughs> <with me. laughs> right. No one's an expert on cannabis no. because we don't know half of the things we need to know because of the prohibition of cannabis and the lack of generalized research. Now, that doesn't mean research doesn't exist. So, you know, you definitely um, can keep yourself aware of what's happening here in the States with different research um, efforts and Canada, which is federally legal. So research is uh, rampant there. And in Israel, there's a lot of different places. So I, I read up on that stuff. And then I'm also a member of organizations that um, have resources available to me and that they're, they're open to anyone. You don't have to have a business in cannabis like the National Cannabis Industry Association, like Women Grow, like Minorities for Medical Marijuana, like um, there was an, um, like Normal, if you want to, you know, look into legislation. Um, so there are a lot. And, and then I'm also, because I'm a nurse, I'm a member of the Cannabis Nurse Network. And um, and I and and part of a profession of cannabis nurses, and so there are resources that we are 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 given access to through that organization. So there's a lot of information. You know, I would not suggest just or well, yes, you can Google things about cannabis, but right. you know, try to make sure that it's a reputable source. Which again, nobody is an expert, so you know, but just make sure that you're at least getting some some valid information from from people that you almost could trust but you know even and that's just hard because you know you go to some of these societies of America and and you would think okay this is somebody I could trust and then they're still saying cannabis is a gateway drug mm, so right. you just have to be very careful but there is information out there I suggest um, going to people that you know and trust and that have been doing the work and obtaining information when possible yeah and i think that that's a good a good advice is to go to organizations that are kind of already developed and that have started to vet some of this information for you and then use them as a resource i know um, i went to new england grassroots institute which was another school in massachusetts um and then um also still a a member of elevate northeast which is another educational Mm -hmm. nonprofit organization that's here in massachusetts um, and they do some incredible um, educational series as well. So Yes, and I'm so sorry I didn't even say anything about that. I'm one of the founding members. <laughs> I love I got you, Keeper. It's all good. We're sorry. We're good. <laughs> we all knew. We all knew. You know, my people, yeah. you know, and yes, a great resource. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a great resource. And But for you, like, with all the stuff that you're doing, and, you know, we're we're friends on Facebook, so I see your feed. You're very active. You're you're doing lots of different things. You have a family. You have friends. You have your business. You have your, your health to maintain. How do you use cannabis to maintain that kind of, I guess, work-life balance? Mm. <laughs> I love that laugh. Not maintain, just, I, we all know, supplement. <laughs> but, yes, like, literally, there are times when, um, well, what I have, what I well, I will say is that I have developed 
the ability to manage my cannabis consumption better mm. because of the fact that I'm more knowledgeable. So, you know, um, I definitely, there are certain, like, electric lemon tea, anything with lemonine in it, for the most part, mm-hmm. is something that helps me with, like, focus and helps me with um, uh, creativity. Nice. And so, like, if I, you know, electric lemon tea, if I have a little, you know, a few totes of that, and <laughs> I can sit and write a, write a book, probably. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, but then at night, because I'm pretty high strung, and, like, literally, if you're running from a.m. to p.m., you need something to kind of like knock you slow out. You down. That's what I need. Oh, yeah, yeah that's me. Put you out for the night. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, I definitely have my favorites for that as well. So, <laughs> um, but I, but I, I definitely, you know, follow the science and follow the clues of my body. And I oh, can boy. tell when my endocannabinoid system is out of whack, out of sync, and needs, you know, a boost. I can also tell. When it's had enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I, you know, when I maybe got a little too happy, a lot of times in social environments, you know, um, and, and so, so your body will tell you. You just have to be in tune, and that's one of the things I love about cannabis because it's so holistic. The way in which uh, cannabis can be used, again, you know, as far as be, using it as medicine, using it um, in social environments using it to create businesses, using it to correct wrongs and reinvest in communities. You know, it, it just really can touch mind, body, spirit, community. And it's really a great plan. Nice. It is. A miracle plan. That's what I said. <laughs> yes, it, it really is. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, um, I think you and I, we shared a blunt and I know that your favorite way of consuming is typically... Go right, right to it. Right there yeah. we go. Yeah. It's typically a power. Like, I'm not going to ask you what your favorite method is, I know. Um, yes. But, yes. but I'm wondering, as you I just went vegan on my blunt. Oh, did you? Wow. Hey, hey. Yes, I did. What? So I only um, consume hemp blunt. Okay. Okay, good. That's what I was actually about to ask you. I was wondering, oh, as you're learning more about, you know, the ways to consume, are you switching it up with your favorite method? So it sounds like, yeah. Yes, I mean, and I would love to do a little bit more. I wish I had more time to be in the lab creating <laughs> because mm. what I would love to probably do on have on a regular basis are capsules um, so that it's not so <laughs> noticeable yeah. that I've consumed. Um, vapes are also a good secondary backup. That's kind of a hard sell and a repeated conversation I've had to have lately with mm. all of the vaping issues. It is. Right. Um, but yeah, talk a little bit about that. What, what's going on with the vaping issue in Connecticut? Because I know in Massachusetts they, they went severe. They're gone. And oh, yeah. No more. What's yep. going on in Connecticut? Yeah, so in Connecticut they have not enacted any um, bans or anything. Um, there have been a few, like, PSAs in regard to vaping. But basically we all know that the issues that people are having with the vapes all seem to lead to um, uh, non. Um, what is the word? Why is it illicit market? I'm sorry. Illicit market vitamin E. Yes. 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 <laughs> but what I was gonna say, you know, non-regulated. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Material and 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 um, vaping methods. So like they they're putting in different things. So if it comes from a dispensary. It should be safe because it's tested, it's regulated, it's, you know, there are, you know, options, there are things in place to make sure that 
you're not consuming something that will harm you. Got you, got you. And um, I think we have a few minutes left, but I want to throw in one one other uh, question: is that if if you had to look back on what you've done so far, talk to you know Kibra in 2016, yeah. what would you say to yourself about this journey? That's a good question. I like that. Oh, I would say, um, well. Can I just tell you what I wish I had known in 2016? Or do it, sure. do it however you like. Yes, because <laughs> what has happened in the last few years, and I definitely attribute a lot of that to my um, consuming and studying of cannabis, is that I've really become knowledgeable about who I am. Mm. And I feel That's like as I've, as I've become more centered and spiritual and balanced, as a person that it allowed me to be more creative, to have more to offer to society, um, to the world. And so um, since 2016, when I started on this, uh, around the time I had started on, you know, becoming a professional in this industry, um, I have more confidence <laughs> that I didn't have when I started because I really didn't know who I am. So I would I would definitely have told that girl back then, you're the illest. And you <laughs> could really like help make change in your community. That's and so, amazing. You know, I mean that is just, so, so that's that, the best message I've heard like anyone on our show, I think. That's beautiful. <laughs> and it's not my show. This is well, your show. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're like all clamped over here. Keep Close. going. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's really the truth. Like I it was it was just so many things learning about my own trauma. Mm. No, I'm from these communities too. Right? Yeah, that's so same now for I'm me. In therapy, yep. and it's a great thing. It's really kind of helping me to deal with some things that, again, we normalize. I, I tell people all the time. When I was a, a freshman in high school, this boy that I knew, I grew up with since um, preschool, was killed gun violence in <sighs> my in my uh, city, and it was devastating. They shut the school down. They sent grief counselors. Mm. We didn't have you know all. All these things happen, but by the end of my high school career, I probably lost like 50 people. Mm, and oh by God. the end of my high school career, they continued class. They stopped shutting down class. They stopped sending grief counselors. And wow. this was just supposed to be normal. So not you normal. Know? Ugh. No. Yes. <laughs> and so because like of this work that I've, I'm doing, I'm realizing, wait, this isn't normal. No. <laughs> and yes, like there are things that we can do like medicate with cannabis to help deal with the symptoms of trauma, but also looking into counseling. Also, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be different for your families and, and, and provide and, and right. build generational wealth. Right. I'm going to be able to do that through cannabis. So it really has just improved my life being a part of this industry, you know, being a part of making these connections like with people like Asia and, all of the wonderful people I've met um, on this journey, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Thank you. I, I, th that's so true. That the cannabis plant has opened up my eyes and my mind and my heart to like so many different things. And I do think that because people are so unhealthy and and, and stressed that they're not mm -hmm. able to to understand who they really are because they got so much on their plate, so much right. to worry about. Right. So to use cannabis, which you know should not, you shouldn't need a prescription. Everyone should have access to it. Yeah. Right. Helps to relieve a little bit of that anxiety so that you can start to look around 
and see life differently and then yes. figure out who you are and who you're supposed to be in this world. So I appreciate that, Kiber. And I appreciate you. Um, when, it, when you talk about action, I always see you moving forward. Um, and you, and from, from my outside perspective, it appears as though you do very well with not letting negativity and, 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 and hurdles keep you from progressing. So more power to you, and I'm, I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but I'm going to give you, uh, we have a couple minutes left. I want you to plug, okay. you know, how can we get in touch with you? Where can we find you, <laughs> yes. bro? What are you doing next? i give you a hug today. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, virtual hug. Um, in Asia, I just want to say I'm so very proud of you. Now, you are an innovator. <laughs> listen, people, listen. You know, listen. Oh, yeah. All the things that you're doing, you know, congratulations. I'm glad that your work and your efforts are being um, appreciated, respected, and I believe you're going to make billions of dollars and yeah. thank you ladies for having this platform thank you so, very much you now how can we get in touch with you our website for canna health is www.visitcannahealth.com so v-i-s-i-t canna's with n-c-a-n-n-a and h-e-a-l-t-h dot com um i'm on social media uh Instagram, I can't believe four nine four. I know it's so corny, but K B R E B R E E Z Y four nine four, and um, on uh, Facebook, where can I help on Facebook? And then it's just my name, Kebra Smith, Kebra Lashawn Smith. I took off the bold and on Facebook. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Kebra. Um, I know we'll probably drop links to that in the show notes. Everything will be there. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I'm your host, Asia Atwood, and you can learn more about me at asiaatwood.com. And then, Joyce, you want to wrap it up for Let's us? Go. Wow, that was great. What a great show. All right. For our host today, Asia Atwood, because, well, keep tuned. I think it's going to be a monthly contribution. We're very excited. Um, her, her, yeah, mm-hmm. no. her amazing <laughs> guest, Kibra Smith-Bolden. Thank you for joining us from Connecticut. Take yeah. the time of your day. We love it. I want to thank the podcast garage right here in Alston, Massachusetts. Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Cannamom theme music. Amy Searles for everything she does to keep the Cannamom show going. Yay. Yay. <laughs> thank you, Amy. Brad Searles for our sound engineer. Jim Brayton for his web mastery. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom show, where we are not just changing the expectations of caregiving and crushing that cannabis stigma. We are also empowering women-centric cannabis businesses, one can of story at a time. I'm Joyce Grover. Asia Atwood. Thank you for listening to The Cannamom Show and The Cannabis and Climate Connection. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. 
When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.